let's get into it. So our sermon today comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 23 to 33. And the word goes, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but for the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I am referring to the other person's conscience, not your own. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in a meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I tried to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but for the good of many, that they may be saved. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray in this time that, Lord, first of all, you would just bless my words, that anything that's not of you would just fall to the wayside, that it wouldn't matter to the hearers here. But Father God, I just pray anything of you would just touch their hearts and impact them, Father God. And I just pray, Lord, that we would do all things for the good of others, that we wouldn't worry about ourselves. We wouldn't worry about what we want and we desire, Father God, but we would just desire the things of your heart, the things that you want to show this world. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So to introduce our passage for today, it comes from Paul's letter to the Corinthians believers who were, they were struggling with the many moral choices that they had to take, uh, they had to make in their day-to-day life. Uh, it also, he was also talking to them um, about the moral choices that they had to make as a church as a whole. And so this passage is actually the end of this big section that goes all the way from chapter eight, all the way up until now. And it's addressing these smaller moral choices that we have to make in life, those areas of gray. Uh, specifically here, he's going to be talking about meat sacrificed to idols or other gods. And so the Corinthian believers weren't actually under the law of the Old Testament, just like we aren't today. And they didn't have a Bible to just go to whenever they needed this sort of advice. So they also just didn't really know what was right and wrong in their own culture because they were so used to just doing whatever they did and, you know, they thought that that was right, but that wasn't necessarily true. And so many of them had this idea that if it hadn't been spoken about, if they hadn't specifically been told not to do it, that they were pretty much free to do whatever they wanted. So our verse today is opening up on Paul addressing this very idea. He had actually previously spoken about it all the way back in chapter 6, um, that the believers had the right to do anything that they wanted. They thought that's what they thought. Now, Paul doesn't necessarily refute that. He's not saying that they don't have the right to do whatever they wanted. Um, obviously, he's not talking about sin. They still don't have the right to do that. But 
So you can't actually just, you know, take the concept and go, oh, well, if we have the right to do anything, we can do anything, including sin. That's not true because what it's talking about is there's little gray areas of our life, the one that the Bible doesn't specifically address. You know, there's little questions that we all have, something like, can I date around and, you know, try to find a partner by going on a bunch of dates? Can I kiss someone on the first date? Can I gamble? Can I smoke? Can I drink? How much can I drink? All the important things, you know? Um, and there is so, so much more, but, you know, obviously we can't address them all today. Now, if the Bible doesn't have a hard and fast rule on it, sometimes it seems as though we may be free to do whatever we please when it comes to these things. And that's exactly what Paul is trying to address here. Because we are free to do plenty of these things, but not all of these things and not everything is beneficial and not everything is instructive. Not all the things that we can choose to do will actually build us up. So kind of leaves us with the question, right? What are we supposed to do with all of that, with all of these questions that we have posed? The things that we're not sure of what we can do. Well, fortunately for us, that leads us to the main point of our sermon for today. Um, it's when making these decisions that no one should seek for the good, their own good, but they should always seek for the good of others. So first of all, let's just take a look at a couple of examples of what that looked like to the Corinthians and our own situation, and maybe some in our own situation as well. So let's just recap that situation that's happening with them again. The Corinthian believers weren't sure if they could eat meat to that was sacrificed to other gods or if it was a sin or not. And this was a really big issue to them because back in first century Rome, everything, all the meat that you could possibly get had been sacrificed to some sort of a god. That was unless you killed it yourself, but they were just as likely to have killed an animal themselves as we are today. You just couldn't afford it. And just like today, it's also exactly the same. If you were to go to your local butcher or your local supermarket, I guarantee that almost every piece of meat that you're going to get, apart from pork, is going to be halal. It's being sacrificed to another god. Fortunately for both the Corinthians and us, Paul has an answer. It's really simple. When you're buying meat, don't worry about that. Don't worry about where it came from. Don't even ask. Just get it because the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. It's all clean and it's all good. And that in itself just really goes to show how God's total supremacy over all these idols. We don't have to worry about any of that stuff because that's all just made up stuff that doesn't mean anything to God. But unfortunately, not every situation is going to end up as easy as that. Not everything's going to be as black and white. So Paul decides to make up another scenario. Uh, let's just paraphrase it so we can understand it a bit better. So what Paul is trying to say here, so say you get invited to your non-Christian mate's house and, you know, they offer you a meal and as we know, the meat was probably sacrificed to some random God. So the same thing goes as the first. Don't worry about it. Don't ask the guy where it came from. If it's been sacrificed to another God, that doesn't matter. That doesn't make it unclean. So it's just like at the butchers, which is great, right? So far, so good. Sounding like we're pretty free to do 
everything that we want within this area of gray. Here's where we get to the but though. So Paul says, but if someone you know, that someone that he's speaking about there isn't the head of that household, isn't the person who's offered you the meal. That's another Christian who's been invited to that uh, dinner. So if that Christian who is probably quite troubled at the fact that they're eating some sort of meat, you know, they're, they're worried that this has been offered to another God and that they may be sinning against God in some sort of way. And they say to you, you know, this has been offered in sacrifice. I don't know if I'm sinning or not. I don't think we should eat it or I should eat it. Then for the sake of that person's conscience, don't eat it. But let's bring that into the perspective of our modern day world because it may happen, but I really doubt that any of us have actually been in that situation, right? So let's look at something we're probably a little more likely to run into. So say you decide to have dinner with some people from church. It's going to happen. So you go over to Stratford for some K barbecue. Who doesn't love it? Now, you and I both know that K barbecue isn't K barbecue without having a few drinks, right? So of course, you got to order some. But say one of the people that you invited says something along the lines of this. I don't think as Christians we should drink alcohol. Or I don't think as Christians you should have more than one drink. You should really just keep it at one. What are you going to do in that situation? Well, if we're following what Paul's saying here, don't argue. Don't try to convince them. Just don't drink. Simple as that. I know that's a hard one to hear, right? And I know, so I know you're thinking that. And Paul does too. That's why he addresses it straight away. You know, you're probably thinking, well, if I'm not getting drunk and it's not a sin to have a few drinks with my mates, then why should my freedoms be judged by another person's conscience? And the answer is quite simple. And this is where we really get into the heart of our message here today. The reason why we do these things. The reason why we make that choice. And it comes from verse 31 to 33. And it says, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but for the good of many, so that they may be saved. To put that into other words, as we express our freedoms as Christians, we should always seek for the good of others. I don't know, it's always a challenge to put aside the things that we want, that we desire. But those morally neutral things that we choose to do, they may as well be sin if we're going to cause our brothers and sisters to stumble. We can't allow those little things that we like in life to become bigger than the God that we worship. So rather than seeking our own freedom, we should seek the good of others. And at this point, I've probably said seek the good of others like 10 times. So what does that actually mean? And this is the important thing, right? What, what does the good of others actually mean? And why should we be seeking it? Plain and simple. The good of others is their salvation. So to seek the good of others is to lead them to salvation. 
That's the good that we need to seek for. And that's exactly what Paul explained in that last verse. I'm not seeking my own good, but for the good of many, so that they may believe, so they may be saved. See, at the end of the day, all of our decisions as Christians, even those little gray ones, they should be aimed at seeking after God, seeking for those to be saved. Because ultimately, that's the best good for them, and that's the best good for us. You literally can't do any better for anyone else than that. Paul goes on to explain exactly how we do this in chapter 11, verse 1. Paul explains how we live like that each and every day. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. See, we need to live as an example of Jesus Christ each and every day. Jesus could have had anything he desired, anything in the world, but he never sought after his own desires in the things that he did. He was always seeking for that good of others. He was always seeking for their salvation. Jesus didn't have to die on the cross for our sins. He chose to do that because he was free to do whatever he wanted. He could have literally called a legion of angels to get himself out of the situation, get himself out of the suffering. But he chose to sacrifice himself so that we could know God. Just like how Jesus died on the cross, we need to be willing to die to ourselves, to push away our own desires in lives and our life as we live our lives as a Christian so that we can live an ex as an example to Christ of Christ each and every day. And that's how we make decisions for the good of others, so that they can know God as we do. So yeah, I, I started off with talking about giving up, but it's so much more than just giving up those little things in life. It may suck, and it may feel like it's sucking, but as we choose to live a life that's actually characterized by the gospel, as we choose to live a life that represents Christ, those little decisions fade away. They don't matter so much at the end of the day because living as that example does come with sacrifice. There's no doubt about that. But Jesus sacrificed his whole life for you. So at the end of the day, what does that sacrifice matter if it means that we're getting to glorify Christ, to live for him and to live up to what he's done for us. To live a life that actually means something for what he's done. So church, today I'm not asking you to be legalistic about this. It's not about the rules and regulations. What this is about is about seeking Christ in every single decision. Seeking Christ in your life. And living a life that would choose to show that that you would choose to show him in each and everything that you did, each and every decision that you made, so that everyone around you would know the goodness of salvation that comes from Christ, and that's shown through our entire life, in each little decision that we make. So, church, as we now come to pray. Let's, let's just give up our desires to just want the things that we want, to just seek after the things that we want to seek after. 
Instead, let's ask God to help us to lay these things down and to live more like Him today. Live a life that's focused on seeing those around us saved and representing Him more in our life. Let's pray. these little things in life wouldn't become bigger than who you are to us. Lord, that we would just choose to worship you as our Lord and Saviour each and every day. That we would choose, Father God, and you would help us to choose, to just live up to that sacrifice that you made for us, Father God. To live that out, Father God. To live a sacrificial, sacrificial life for the others around us. Lord, a life that represents your gospel a life that represents the things that you have done for us, Father God. So Lord, I just pray that those small things would fade away, that you would just become bigger in our life, Father God, that your glory would be what we seek for, Father God. Father God, that it would be a, fo a life focused on you, a life focused on searching for the good of others, because that's the good of us and that's the good for you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.